0: Welcome to Divorce Healthy, guys. So, I have essentially a unicorn with me today, which is how do you do it and do it well with co parenting? And we have our happy divorce here with us, which is what we're all trying to achieve, or what you're trying to achieve, and what a lot of us are trying to model. And a lot of my listeners may think that that is a unicorn, and I've actually caught one, and I have it right here in the stage with me. <laughs> So, my unicorns, tell us, we're going to be having a great podcast today talking about co-parenting. You guys are officially divorced, and yet here you are sitting side by side right here in this TV screen, and we're going to be able to kind of talk about how'd you get here, which is obviously what's captured in your book, Our Happy Divorce, and I'm super excited to have you guys here today just so people can, one, understand the myth is busted. It doesn't have to be horrible. It is possible. You guys are it. How do they get there? How do you know what are your pointers? And then we'll go through some materials and stuff so that the listeners can know. You know, obviously, it takes time and it's not easy. And it doesn't just, you know, you weren't just happy and then you've just stayed that way forever without any work. And so we'll kind of get into that. So, welcome, you guys.
1: Thank you so much for having us, Ash and Nicole. You know, you and I had a chance to talk a couple of weeks ago. And you know, just the fact that you too are a unicorn in the sense that you are a lawyer. <laughs> who's fighting the fight, but fighting the fight for the right reasons. And, mm-hmm. and so we need more of you and we need more people to really understand. We need to change this narrative of divorce because it doesn't. Yes, it's going to suck. Yes, it's going to be horrible. It doesn't but
0: have to suck that bad. It doesn't
1: have to suck yeah. for the rest of your life, too.
0: That's so on point. And you guys, I mean, such beautiful people with a beautiful son. And I've seen, you know, photos of him and You guys have a beautiful family together, the extensive part of your family. So tell us, what does your family unit look like now? There are multiple people that have been added into your pretty equation. So tell us about that and how you guys kind of got there.
2: Well, we are both remarried. So my husband, Chad, and his wife, Nadia, are part of our larger unicorn. And then (laughs) we have Asher and Ben has two younger children, Izzy and Jackson. So amazing. And a couple dogs.
0: Yeah. And so you guys Four. live in a rainbow, and you have um, we, we live in
2: a, a rainbow horses, of seven right? houses no. away from each other. Right. Our it, rainbow is seven houses long. Uh,
1: unfortunately, Nikki still spits fire, so she does. Occasionally, I do. Rainbows don't come out of her mouth when she speaks; it's still fire. But uh,
0: sometimes, so dragons are still a part of the equation. Yes. Every oh, once yeah. In a while. yes. oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay, so obviously those are all metaphors, but. Really and truly, you know, a lot of people on this planet and especially in our country, and my big mission is to change how divorce is handled in America. My parents had a terrible divorce. I'm here out of brokenness, not out of a model for what it was supposed to be. And I think, Ben, you have had some similar experiences to me growing up as a child of divorce. But, you know, unicorns obviously a metaphor. You guys aren't floating around on your rainbow, it's real life and you're real people and you have a real son and you have real new marriages. But a lot of people are trying to figure out how in the heck did you actually get there? So tell us about how that kind of happened. Tell us about our happy divorce.
1: Well, it's interesting. You said that your parents did not... You didn't have a happy divorce growing up. I didn't either. And you're doing what you're doing for a reason. And I think once you know Nikki and I took a break and didn't go right into you know, the process of getting divorced. We took a break and we breathed and we worked on ourselves, but we have our happy divorces. The foundation of it is when it goes back, when you strip it all down, is that my experience with my parents, that I had already been down that road and I was not gonna take my son down that road. Now it took me a while to get there, but eventually that, and and there's no, it's not by random occurrence that you're doing what you're doing in the field because of, you know, so sometimes when you build things from a deficit, It works out. And so that's, you know, so so that's, you know, I don't know if I would be able to get this Our Happy Divorce train back on the tracks if I hadn't gone through what I had gone through. And so look, when I left the house, when anybody leaves the house, it's not because they got in one fight the night before and decided to call it quits. It's a process. And, you know, for Nikki and I, it was a year and a half, two years of, you know, let's end it and then we get back together, you know, the dance, right? And so nobody goes into their lawyer. And nobody goes into discussing divorce on a winning streak. And so Nikki and my, you know, the end of our marriage was like every other end of the marriage. There was raw emotion, there was hatred, there was resentment, there was bitterness, you know, and every other fruit salad of negative stuff you can think of. But we were just able to, you know, figure it out and come to a place. And I, I tell people all that we tell people all the time, you know, looking back on it, that time we took in between getting divorced and working on ourselves and working on not. Working on the other person because we had tried that, right? I tried <laughs> you know, she had tried to change me. I was just
2: gonna say it's not called working on the other person, it was called trying to change the other person. <laughs> but,
1: well, there's that too, right? But 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 even like you know, when I left the house, I was working on Nikki because it was her fault. She was the bad guy. She was, you know, and, and so but we took a step back, we took a breath. I don't mean to sound flippant or apathetic when I say this, but then we were able to deal with the business of divorce, right? There's the emotional side of it, and then there's the business side of it. And just like any business deal, the more emotions you have in it, the worse it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So we were able to, you know, separate the two—not easily, but we were able to, you know, clean up the wreckage of the past. Take a breath, clean up the wreckage of the past, apologize to each other, so we can move forward towards the business side of it.
2: And I think, though, for me, like. That's what drove you. But I think for me, my parents are still married 52 years later. So that was Ah. my driving force that was like... Unicorn. Yeah, unicorn. Two times. Twice. And I was like, (laughs) what am I going to do to make sure this child's upbringing was as close to the upbringing I had? And so that was, I think, with me, was like trying to keep us, while he was ready to kill me, I was trying to keep us on like this, this little soft ground instead of trying to want yeah. to kill him. Yeah.
1: But. Again, she's a fixer. You know, I talked about one of the reasons that we, you know, took so long because Nikki, I still believe even this last time, if she wanted to work it out, she wanted to make the marriage work. But she would
2: have w- been trying to work it out for about a minute.
1: Right. <laughs> and then we would have been right back into the. So so part of it was it was she had to accept that it was over, I think, for her. And, and I don't mean to speak for you, but that, that's the journey she had to go through or that she couldn't fix it with getting back together. Right. And then I had to go through the journey myself of Reality, and then, you know, what kind of person I thought I was, and that it was Nikki's fault, and all of this, you know, so, and the two were completely separate, right? It, the reality of, you know, my part in the ending of the marriage, I didn't see. And then, you know, the man, the person, the father I thought I was, was completely different than actuality.
0: And everybody's experience is completely different. I mean, Nikki, I'm glad that you've been able to get over losing Ben at this point because that's how he <laughs> characterized it. But I'm just joking.
1: <laughs> she <laughs> hasn't quite <laughs> yet. Looks I, like I haven't.
2: You finally oh, got gotten no there. Boy. I'm so proud of you. Just kidding.
1: <laughs> that's why but, she agreed to the book because she wants me back so bad. <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. I can't get rid of them. That's the problem is I still can't get rid of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now you're connected forever. Forever. But so I think, you know, when people read your book, they shouldn't get lost in, well, I'm not like them or I don't, you know, I don't have that past or I don't have that, you know, that wasn't, that's not what I'm thinking right now. The point is perspective. And what I'm hearing you guys say is to have that 20,000 foot view. I talk about that a lot with my clients that, you're hugging the tree and you're staring at the ants and the termites on the tree, and I need you to zoom out because you're way close to this. And I think you guys, it sounds like, took that time to try to gather us perspective, to try to even gather a perspective of, okay, I'm gonna stop trying to fix that person. Let me just think about how was that person raised? What are they coming from a point of? What is it that they're trying to achieve? And then kind of analyze that in consideration of how was I raised? What did I go through? What are my filters that I'm filtering these conversations through? that are now making it not make sense. So I'm a collaborative divorce attorney and I sit in the room with people and swim in their emotions and all of their drama on the regular. And it's very interesting to have that perspective, especially as a child of divorce. And then I'm also divorced and we use the collaborative process, but we didn't have kids. So much different perspective than what you guys are dealing with, because we know that that's the heart and soul of the situation when we're dealing with the babies but it is a business transaction at the end of the day and oh my gosh like how does that even make sense you know we're talking about the family how is the family a business transaction but that's where we are that's the system that's been created and it's not exactly perfect the litigation system but you can choose to kind of control it yourself by controlling yourself and controlling your process so how did you guys control the movement of the process once attorneys got involved helping you how did you still then control the cart because that's really the hard part is if you're getting negative influence from other people or from friends or you're in the process and all of a sudden it feels very personal, you know, tell us about that.
1: Well, I think it's important to, to answer what part of you about, you know, people that who might be listening to this, oh, well, you don't have a narcissistic husband or your wife isn't, you know, and comparing the differences. Mm-hmm. And I would just urge people to try to listen for the similarities, because it's easy to turn us off or it's easy to turn off anybody you don't agree with when you're listening from a place, but yeah, but they're not like me or yeah, but, and you're looking mm-hmm. for the differences. We are two people who got divorced over probably the same reasons everybody gets divorced. We have kids, we had, you know, some assets together. So that's it, right? That's all you need to hear. So, so if you're listening, oh, well, they had this or they didn't, or their husband did this, it, it, it doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. So I think that's just clear. You know, we would urge people that we're not lawyers, we're not doctors, we're not therapists. We're just telling. Hey our- now, <laughs> thank goodness. No, but uh, uh, I'm just kidding. But we did go through this experience, and we have a son that we decided, conscious decision to have. And every parent has that you know decision. You know, to answer your question, I think the important thing is, and uh, you know, present company excluded, you know, people need to realize that their lawyers. You pay your lawyer you know, however much an hour, they work for you. Mm-hmm. Lawyers, some of them did, but most lawyers didn't go to business school. And so the problem with divorce, you know, I think in, in the process and why it, it, it's not all on lawyers, but, and it's not all on, but it is in a space where cults are made. Divorce plays in a place where divorce, where cults, you know, other fanatics strive off of, and that's desperation. You know, when people are desperate, they're willing to listen to anything. They're willing to do anything. And and if you get caught up in the wrong lawyer giving you advice or the wrong family member, the wrong friend, it's not just all lawyers. Right. But that's Mm -hmm. the problem. I think when you look at trying to dissect the problem.
2: I mean, if we would have listened to our friends, we would have been in a totally different place.
1: Yeah. And I went to a lawyer. I mean, I was mad. I I did my research. I went to the top notch.
2: I didn't. I waited
1: till he. Right. Slowed down a bit. <laughs> well, he hoped I slowed down. Right. But she was keeping a close eye on what I was I did. doing. But, I watched your every move, but. <laughs> but, you know, but so I just went to him and it's like am- it's amazing yeah. what this guy told me. Like basically like everything I wanted to hear, everything I was entitled to, everything. Exactly. I was, right. So that's what I'm saying is people need to realize that the desperation, people don't even, I, I don't even people think willingly they know what they're doing, yeah. but they're just so desperate. That's why the health and wellness domain is like a four trillion dollar a year domain because people want to be happy, you mm-hmm. know. Or people, and, and so that's why it's so dangerous in that beginning part of the divorce. And it almost sent our divorce into writing a book called "Our Not So Happy Divorce." <laughs> we wouldn't have written that
0: book. Yeah, no, you wouldn't, wouldn't have been. No. You wouldn't have been writing that book. No. <laughs> jointly yeah. and together. Yeah. So the process that you did choose, and I do want to kind of talk to you guys about the process, and then. I want to come back to what attorneys tell you and how to avoid that and what, you know, the $55 billion industry of divorces, which is also a step to try to be happy in wellness. And so, you know, how do we actually achieve that then? Divorce healthy. That's the name of my podcast. Like, that's the goal. If you're going to make this decision to divorce, you're doing it because you're not happy and you're trying to have a better life, model a better life for your kids, a better relationship for your kids. So if you're going to go through all of that, does it make sense to go through the gauntlet of hate and turmoil? to then try to become that better, healthier, happier person on the other side, it doesn't really make sense. So the process is that, you know, part that really gets you. That's where you're kind of like in the Ninja Warrior phase and like all these things are coming at you and hitting you and like you're falling off into the pool below. And so tell us about your process and how you were able to get from beginning to settlement, not actually what the terms of your settlement were, but that emotional process and mental process.
2: I think the one thing that we both realized that we needed to do was take time. At first, we were sort of like having those conversations, those divorce conversations. And I think we both quickly realized now's not the time to be doing that. Like there was so much built up anger and emotion that it wasn't the time to do it. So we both, I think, had to take a little time, you know, be with ourselves, you know, whether that's for some, I mean, for me, it was go to therapy You know, for some people, maybe that's not what works for you. But it definitely, for me, was one of those things that I was just like, you know what? It's time for me to take a look at myself and figure out what I need to be doing right now and not worry about what we need to be doing.
1: That's exactly it. We're joking about the changing of the other person or the one. I think it's the foundation of it is that I, after, I don't know, 24 years, almost 25 years of knowing Nikki, I've accepted that I'm not going to change her. (laughs) you know dating her marrying her or uh, being a co-parent with her she is who she is the only thing i have the ability to do is change my way of either how i react to her or how you know i change myself so but there's a key point that i think looking back i don't know if we came to this realization but definitely looking back on it that we acted like we did was in any relationship Now, there are some, I think, important caveats, uh, you know, sexual abuse, physical abuse, stuff that is way beyond our pay grade. Right. But for the most part, you know, affairs, neglect, whatever it is, it takes two to make a relationship and it takes two to ruin a relationship. So in the beginning, I wasn't willing to accept that. And like I said, I went out and I hired a lawyer. He wrote up this big war game plan on what I wanted. And that was to destroy Nikki. And I started reading it and I, I read two pages into it and then it hit me. And again, I wasn't doing this based off of what happened to my parents. I was doing it even though it happened to my parents and I was going to do the exact same thing. But, I, you know, I had that moment where I was like, this can't be, you, we got to find a different way. So the next call after I fired the lawyer on Monday was to call Nikki and say, look, I need some time. I need some space. I am no position right now to make any life decisions. Major life decisions, much less ones that are going to impact our son and for us for the rest of our lives. So then we went on our separate ways, and we—I you know, guess it was a journey into finding, you know, what our part is. Was and
0: it
2: wasn't like we just stopped talking. I mean, because we still yeah, had, a yeah, child, we had a child, so together. it was still like dropping the child off at each other's houses and still. So we still. But had we weren't to, talking
1: like, about you know divorce. Yeah. We weren't talking about settlement. We weren't talking about anything. And then what happened was. I called Nikki one day because I had found my part. Like I had, I had worked with this guy and I had found my part. Well, I actually found it pretty quickly because, you know, when you say the things you did to somebody else and you're just solely focusing on what I did. Not, you know, not what Nikki did, but what I did. You know, halfway through the process, it was pretty clear that I was a miserable person at that moment. And I wouldn't want her to be married to me either. But then it was important for me to tell Nikki that. And so I called her to coffee. You know, she probably didn't have no idea what was going on because the last call, I was
2: slightly petrified.
1: <laughs> and, and we sat down, co- coffee, and the first thing I told her was, "I loved her." You know, she's a great mom, and I'm sorry for you know what I did. I realized that I was not the man, not the father, not the you know husband that I should have been. And I came clean, and I cleaned up my side of the street. Now, this wasn't done to you know have our happy divorce and everything was gonna be fine. For me, it was just
2: it was the beginning steps. It was the first step to. Where we are now.
1: Right. But I had I
2: mean, it it was was a big step, but it was a baby step. But
1: it was done for. Ironically, it was done for me. Like there wasn't any expectation of the outcome. I just had to knew that I could clean up my side of the street. I knew how dirty it was and I knew what I needed to do. But then what happened was she then in turn apologized to me. 25 years, I think, you know, passed. That moment and, you know, to now it's the only time we've really said our sorry you know, but it was <laughs> yeah, yeah. the most important time. <laughs> but
2: yeah, that's the only time it was important.
1: And so then really. we we looked on Google and collaborative process was new. There was only a new couple. Way, yeah. There was only a couple lawyers in Tampa doing it. It wasn't part of the statute yet. It wasn't this, you know, thing it is today. And, we and went, I don't
2: think either one of our families knew what we were talking about either.
1: I don't think we knew, but it was sounded like, hey, this is something that, you know, on this new journey Let's figure it out. Look, we didn't have we had the internet, but there was, social media wasn't like we had MySpace, but there were almost
2: just made us sound like we were like 110 MySpace.
1: <laughs> but it's not like this is just 13 years ago. So I'm not like saying we used to walk to school, you know, three miles in the snow. But there was no Facebook, <laughs> there was no Instagram, there was no divorce support groups right. on MySpace. So we sort of just had to figure this thing out. So we hired our divorce attorneys.
0: Uh, collaborative. collaborative divorce attorneys.
1: Signed the contract. Yeah. Again, not really re- knowing what this process was. I really can't tell you to this day what that process was for us because I know we had one meeting with our lawyers. I don't remember a financial neutral or therapist in that meeting. But Nikki and I then took it one step further. And, you know, with this new found. The
2: coffee shop was our best friend.
1: Our coffee shop. That was where the first, you know, that's where our happy divorce was built. So then yeah. we started talking about. Custody. And that was an easy discussion because I asked her if she had any problem with 50 50 joint custody, you know, across the line. And she said, Absolutely not. You're, you know, the father of our son. I want you to be involved with his, much, with no his life. No matter how much it kills you inside. Right. I said, So from that. It's me- not
0: easy giving up even 50% no, of your time for sucks. either one of you. It sucks. Yeah.
1: And that's why I said at the beginning look, no matter how great our happy divorce was, divorce still sucks. But at mm-hmm. that meeting, we both acknowledged the other person's. Love for our child, you know that their right to be with that child. That neither one had done anything from a place of honesty to not have that, you know, that opportunity. And then from there, I looked at I said, you know, the other stuff we can work out. And then so we talked about, you know, controlling, or I said, you know, that the lawyers worked for us. Is we just started talking about, you know, very top level first. And then, sort of getting down—not what you said was interesting, which is like looking at the ants on the trees instead of taking a step back. We did the opposite. We started taking the forty thousand foot view of what you know we wanted, where we wanted to live, and and all this stuff. And then, amazingly, over you know five or six meetings, we hashed out our settlement
0: That's and amazing. didn't
2: kill each other.
1: And didn't kill each other. But we sat at the coffee shop. She'd go back to her team, you know, quote unquote team. I'd go back to mine, and we talk about it. But here's the key: she was on my team, and I was on her team. So if you want to talk about collaborative, that's that's the ideal behind it. Right. But we truly were on each other's team, but we were the team captains. Right. And so when I handed it to my collaborative, quote unquote, collaborative divorce attorney, she said, are you sure? Because if, you know, they are agreed to this, they'll probably. And I said, I'm sure. Draw it up. So don't let the inmates run the asylum. Uh, Ashton Nicole, no, no, uh, you know. Present company excluded, but your lawyers work for you.
0: They do. And that's amazing because, you know, and I was actually just on a podcast and used that analogy. I used the coach. You know, you guys are on your son's team and you are kind of the coaches of the team and your assistant coach should be your collaborative attorney. You know, that's the person that should be assisting you. But at the end of the day, you're driving the cart because you're driving it for your, we don't know the ins and outs of how your family operates. Only you guys know the ins and outs of how your family operates. So it's inappropriate for us to be the complete captain of the ship. We're just there really trying to be an asset so that we can help people do it. So it's amazing to hear you guys say that it can actually be done to be that unicorn example for people so that they can realize You know, it's not impossible. That's what we're all fighting against here. So
1: yeah, I just want to add one more thing about, you know, you you went from the coffee, we go from the coffee shop to the unicorn, but you know, we didn't have horns back then and we didn't spit rainbows. Like all of a sudden, you know, we didn't, if you had asked us after that first coffee shop meeting or when we signed, we got the divorce judgment. What we were gonna do, it would be, we would have undershot this thing by a million. Like we just wanted to be in the same room together. Yeah, so this happy divorce. Or how, how cr- right? How crazy it is! It takes time. It's thirteen years. We've stepped on landmines. We've had to introduce new partners. We've had fights. It sounds great. The vacations
2: and- that we took that we should, were a little too early.
1: Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> way too early. And, and you know, the, and and I know that I can say this to you because we've had a conversation. So. I know you won't take offense to this, but, uh, you know, the collaborative process is another thing you need to pay attention to and find people like Ashley and Nicole, you know, find people who've been in it from the start, because in a lot of cases, what I've learned since I've gotten back, I mean, we didn't keep up trends of what's going on in divorce for the 12 years until we wrote the book. But what I've found now is that a lot of the time, the people that are collaborating are the lawyers to keep it going longer. Because the longer it goes on, the longer it gets, and they, they are incentivized to, you know, yes, collaborative has a great success rate. But a lot of that is because the lawyers don't want to get fired because then they or it goes to court, then they get fired. So I know that's not the case for every collaborative divorce lawyer by far, but it is another landmine that people could potentially step in if they're not educated about the process and what to look out for.
0: I think you're 100% right. And I think in general, it's about finding those resources. And we're going to talk about FAIR and how that's going to be able to help you find those resources. And like we said, you know, when you guys were going through this, there was MySpace. There's not even like Facebook and all of that on the map, which is just amazing at how much things have changed in 13 years. But it is about yourself. So like you guys said, you had to have a journey of yourselves, both individually, before you were able to kind of get to our happy divorce. And whenever you're thinking about yourself during this process, you should really be looking at, does the person who's sitting across the table from me that I've hired to represent my interests truly reflect who I am as a person? And I think that that's a huge piece because most people are like, oh, I'm going to get the most aggressive person on the planet and I'm going to make sure that they go and destroy my significant other. If you just think about that person and the character that they they have to have to get to that point, well, how are you being treated as a client? Like, How do you differentiate how they're going to be so destructive and have no character in that process, but yet in their representation of you, all of a sudden they've developed all of this character and is the most upstanding person on the planet. That doesn't make sense. But like you said, people have a lot of fear around this. And so that fear gets preyed on both by your friends, family members, and not even like in a negative intentional way, but just, they're just giving you all of their opinions. Well, sometimes you don't need all of those opinions. You need to be Looking at yourself and what your goals are.
1: Oftentimes, still today. I mean, you know, we're we're different parents and we would be if we were together or apart. But the one thing is that we are parents and we love our children and that is undeniable. Or child and that is undeniable. And I think, you know, Michael's heard me say this before. No matter how great Ashley Nicole you are and no matter how long you were a pioneer in the collaborative divorce, you don't love our child. No, not personally. Not personally, right? (laughs) So, so. You know, why would anybody give up the future of their kids or, you know, the happiness of their kids or their, you know, for somebody who doesn't, they might, no matter how great they are, they will never love your child like you or your co-parent does. So don't give them control over your child's happiness.
0: Or over your own happiness, because that's, you know, at the end of the day, your child gets happy by modeling happiness. They don't get happy by watching you destroy each other. And then all of a sudden on the other side of it, they just have this aha moment of happiness.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And that's the beautiful thing about our happy divorce. At the end of the day, it was done for Asher. It was built on a love for Asher, our son. But at the end of the day today, or not the end of the day, because let's just work on today. Hopefully it's not the end. We're happier people. We're fulfilled. We're right. with the people, you know, the person that we're meant to be with. But we also don't have to walk around with that toxicity, that hatred, that resentment that we would have to walk around with the rest of our lives. And so, yes, it was done from a selfless standpoint. But at the end of the day, Nikki and I are much more fulfilled, empowered, happy people. Much uh, better people. Yeah, you're getting there. <laughs> but. I definitely
0: am. Ben I mean, is so I'm perfect. a spiritual he giant. Is perfect. We all oh, know yeah. he Ben. Are we respect. not so glad we all know Ben? Raise yes. your hand. He is perfect.
2: <laughs> ben is perfect.
0: Well, I love that you guys can talk about that because you know, most people are like, Oh, do they really love each other? You know, and it's like, okay, are you guys like going and singing Kumbaya every night together? No. But are you happy, functioning people? Do you have problems? Yes, because conflict message to the world. The perfect life is not ridding your life of conflict. That is absolutely impossible. Stop trying to do that. Complete waste of time. I'm still
1: waiting for that pill, but yes, I never going to
0: happen. Conflict is a part of life. You have to embrace the fact that it is a part of life. It's how you react to it, and that's the model that you set for your children if it is that you have children. If not, it's the model that you set for yourself. And you are, you know, that narrator in your mind that's telling you about yourself is very judgy. So you want to kind of understand that that person is your ego. And that you do, though, you are noticing if you are not the best version of yourself. And if you go through one of those incredibly litigious divorces, on the other side of it, half of the heartbreak is understanding who you became as a person and having to deal with that. I'm sure you guys know plenty of people who, you know, whenever they changed and altered over that time, that they were really unable to, you know, see and understand that a lot of that turmoil they had internally was disappointment in themselves for the process that they had. Do you guys know what I'm talking about?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I mean, one of the things that I see with my parents is they walked around for years with that, you know, that that resentment and that baggage. And, you know, Nikki and I and is it real? Yeah, it's real. I mean, look, to show you how real it is, if anything, you know, God forbid were to happen to my wife and I, Nikki and Chad will take our kids, our two little ones. So You know, you can't, you're not going to... Sometimes
2: I'd like something to have just so I can take
0: them. (laughs) they're so great. That's so awesome that your families are so, like, they get along so well, and they're able to do that because you guys have modeled good behavior. So we know that we are all pioneers in this because it's obviously not the norm. People are not just out choosing to be happily divorced naturally and immediately. We're trying to break through and flip the lake, essentially, is what I call it. And all of us are doing that. Ben, Nikki, Michael, and myself are all trying to shout the same message, and all for different reasons. Some of us come from a place of brokenness, and some of us come from a place of wholeness, like Nikki, and trying to make it as good as you had it, but yet still from two separate spheres, which is also amazing. But the resources, so let's talk about, there are resources that are out there, and Ben and Nikki, you guys know about the app FAIR. Michael, tell us about FAIR. So FAIR is important to me because it has a lot of application right now. And if you are in a litigation scenario, being able to be transparent and understanding and and have a lot of those communications and documents in one place. But at the base of it, the FAIR app is really to try to help people have better resources to get through this in a better way and to try to achieve something like where you get on the other side of it and you're able to say, our happy divorce. And I think that a huge piece of that is going to be having those resources to find collaborative attorneys, mediators, and things like that. So the FAIR app already has a lot of amazing aspects for co-parents. Michael, tell us about the FAIR app because I do think it's a great place for those of you who are listening that are like, I'm trying to be a unicorn like our happy divorce, but I seriously feel like I'm on the other side of the depths of hell. So can you please tell me how to transfer from here to there? Some of these resources are apps like FAIR. So tell us about that. And then, Ben and Nikki, just your commentary on how you think an app like that helps to facilitate what's going on in today's age now that we do have these materials. Michael?
3: Yeah, thanks, first of all, for having me on. It's exciting to be here with Ben and Nikki. You know, they they really are an anomaly. I think most people would say that the communication post-divorce is very difficult because unlike any other civil litigation where you can be in a lawsuit against your neighbor over something, right, in a divorce situation when you have children, obviously... You have to go on communicating with those people for years to come. And so going about the, the route of, let me get the most cutthroat, you know, scorched earth attorney that I can possibly find to just absolutely decimate my opponent here, that's really a poor paradigm to have moving forward in a family law case. But unfortunately, they treat family law no different than any other area of law. And so FAIR is really just my sincere effort in trying to at least at a, at a minimum communicate on the core issues, the things that need to be communicated on, and try to clear up some of the misunderstandings and disagreements that oftentimes escalate into uh, costly court motions. And it has an emotional cost too, right? You end up deepening divides when communication is poor. So, you know, when I set out on this thing, and I've had this, these conversations with Ben on many occasions, that, you know, I think my intentions were were to truly try to make the process and make the relationships better. Because in the end, like, like Ben articulates so well, that we love our children. I know my ex, you know, as much as we disagree, perhaps on how to parent. But at the core of everything, she's doing the best she knows how. And she's coming from a place of love, as am I. And so, you know, we, we want to continue to, to make FAIR a better co-parenting app to try to focus on that love and to communicate with one another and just try to clear out many of the things that end up escalating. And I could say just from my own example, people are very good about keeping a mental inventory of their own contributions financially, but seldomly do we like to recognize the contributions being made by the other person. Well, FAIR, for example, is able to really clarify that for people and do it in a way that it's visual. It's I mean, everything about the app was designed to be psychologically conflict diffusing. actually. It's interface. It's soft color tones, casual fonts, little rounded edges on everything like that. I, My intentions here were to make the situation less high conflict.
0: Which is awesome. And I think that's the goal that we're all trying to achieve. And so in having you know achieved our happy divorce, do you guys feel like apps like this are incredibly helpful in the communication and being able to help make that more transparent? And also... You know, the goal is that this app is going to be able to direct to those resources of collaborative and mediation professionals that are true for professionals. Like you said, Ben, there are plenty of people who are acting like they're trying to help you do things, but are really trying to chase the dollar. And so to be able to help to navigate people to those of us who are really trying to make a change here and make a difference and come from a place of, you know, I know what this is like from the most negative aspect and how do we make it different. Do you guys feel like those are important resources for people to latch on to during this time?
2: I do, because I feel like in the beginning, there's so much emotion. No one knows where to go. I mean, and everybody's pointing everybody in a direction. If it could be in one place to make life so much easier, I mean, we would have used it had had it been out then. We just I- had to kind of figure it
1: out our own. Well, that's, and we talked about that earlier, right? We got very, very lucky in a lot of ways. and And there's some people who have been in this industry a long time who are actually amazed that I took that step to go see that lawyer in the beginning and I got out <laughs> and I didn't, cause like I said in that point of when the marriage ends and there's all that emotion, the desperation and I'll say it again, those are where Colts have always strived. That's where, you know, snake oil salesmen have always strived because people want to get better and it's easier to blame another person for why you don't feel well than to look at yourself so that's where all the bad people play quite frankly and so anything that's going to help people educate people to what they're about to go through yes we would have loved that we would love to have been divorced in today's world because there's like i said there's support groups there's coaches there's people who are really doing this thing right who understand that it is the emotional and then there's the business side of it so yes anything that can Help further that is going to help, and and I'm glad that there's a sea change happening. I mean, it's funny because any business I would get in before we wrote our book, I'd look at the landscape, right, and I'd see what else is out there and what the competitors are, and you know, do an MVP or you know, whatever it is. With this, we just wanted to write our book and tell our story, so we didn't look at what was happening in co-parenting world or you know, online, and we just put it out. And then we started looking and it was like we had woken up in this new world and it was so refreshing. So, although I need yes, it
0: is refreshing.
1: Although I need to be checked sometimes and you know some of my you know professional friends in the business do check me that it's not all our happy divorce rainbow and you know fairy water or rainbow waterfalls and stuff like that, <laughs> but it's getting there. The sea change happen is happening and it is primed to be changed and it needs to be changed cuz it's just making too many unhappy people so any, Rainy yes, a lot of questions. Man, that's th- an
0: addition. I didn't know about fairy waterfalls. Uh, that's really awesome what y'all got going on over there. Yeah, I Happy
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, my dyslexia kind of got messed up there. I was going to say something much more brilliant, but I just said uh, <laughs> rainbow waterfalls. <laughs> a
0: mental image of that. And I was like, ah, oh, that sounds like a pretty place. Just kidding. But,
1: um, but anything so, that's going to help, right? Anything that's going to help to get a better outcome ultimately for the kids. You know, I mean, that's yes. that's what it is all about for us, or that's what it was all about for us Is is that, After a while, Asher did not choose for us to start dating. He didn't choose for us to get married. He didn't choose for us to have him, and he surely did not choose for us to get a divorce.
0: I tell my clients a lot. I'm like, you know, I wasn't there when you made that decision to have this child. If I could have been in the room with you guys, I probably would not would have wanted to see what I was seeing. But you could have come and asked me for advice then, and I would have given you a lot of great advice as to how important this whole journey is, especially if it ends, how important that is. And and I think that that's a huge part of accountability. It's that you were there, you made those decisions with this other person. And so for it to end means that it can't just be for one person's fault or the other. It is a joint decision and you are accountable, at least for the fact that you decided to get into a relationship and procreate with someone. And so I think that that's a perspective that we're all trying to share. And every one of us, you know, the reason we're all on this podcast is because. From the mechanism standpoint of actually having an app to the books that we have, which are Our Happy Divorce and Divorce Healthy, to the podcast that we have and to The Cure for Divorce Culture, which is my book, and then the podcast that we have for divorce. There are so many of us that are trying to say this, and we're trying to all say it together. And what I think is amazing is we've all come together to have podcasts together, write blogs together to try to unite our message so that more people hear it the more air that's under this, the more people, the more it's able to float and the more people will be able to see that it is real. And it is not just a fantasy. You know, we've been using these metaphors just because it's fun and lighthearted. And we want people to understand that, you know, two people can get through a divorce and still have a conversation like this, but it's not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. And it's getting more and more possible with wonderful things like fair. And I do just want to note that, you know, fair is not just some app that's been developed that's just roaming around out there. Michael's actually done a lot of work on this and Gwyneth Paltrow herself was able to join and partner with Michael on Planet of the Apps. Is that correct, Michael?
3: Yeah, I guess that was back in 2017. Yeah, so it's interesting. Apple decided to do a reality TV series on app developers. And so I think the reason I kind of got selected is they had like thousands of applicants and they selected 100 of us. And of the 100, that got to pitch, twenty of us got partnerships, and I was lucky enough to be one of the twenty. But I think it's just more than anything, it just resonates with so many people, right? I mean everybody's either been through it themselves. So yeah, many I don't people. think anyone's immune to it. I think you've either been through it or you grew up in a divorced home or somebody, your brother, your sister, your best friend, somebody's been has gone through it. Everybody can relate at some level. And it is such a broken system. Again, it's that's another thing I hear from Ben a lot, which is, you know, that this everybody talks about how the system's broken. How you just have to play the game, blah, blah, blah. But the truth is the system's working just fine for those who are financially benefiting from it. And that's why there is no change. And that's what we're here to really bring about.
0: And it is a fifty-five billion dollar industry. And I just want everybody to understand that. You know, if you are going through a divorce, I just want you to just for a second step out of the fact that you're going through a divorce and just look at it from, you know, that twenty thousand foot perspective, which is that this is a historical thing that happened in our country. You know, it was started by no-fault divorce starting in California back in the day in the seven early 70s and then spreading across the country, kind of like a tidal wave because it got so backed up. Actually, off of the back of the feminist movement, so many women were able to file not being property anymore and things like that. But they didn't know all these filings were going to make it take two to three years to get through a divorce, which would then create an industry, an industry of loss of productivity, an industry of missing work, an industry of retirement accounts getting diluted attorneys taking money out of retirement accounts just to get the case started, an industry of ridiculous amounts of subpoenas. You know, this is a historical perspective. And we have had other things in our country that we've been able to step back and say, "Okay, this system's broken. We need to all look at it and we need to figure out how to fix it. And by fixing the system means walking away from it. Ben and Nikki decided litigation's not for me. Ben met with his attorney and realized that person is leading me down the road of exactly what I watched with my parents that broke my childhood. I'm not doing that again. And you were able to say, you know what, I'm going to leave you there, and I'm going to go over here to this system, which I have control over, and be there where I can understand what's going on and be the person that I am, the character. Not everybody gets that opportunity because the person on the other side may be dragging you into litigation, but realize this is an industry. And we're all here to try to scream and help say, you do not have to follow the norm just because it's the norm. You can make a decision for yourself that is outside of the norm, outside of what your bestie did, outside of what your mama did, outside of what your dad did. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. You've got to make a decision for yourself. And being able to use resources like us as professionals, like the app, like the books are going to be able to help you step beside where you think you have to go because it doesn't have to get there. And you guys would all agree with me on that,
1: right? 100%. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's one of those questions that that I had to ask myself when I did see that lawyer. And, you know, just because of my experience was the only reason that I was able to, you know, finally, you know, it happened was that moment of clarity or whatever you want to call it. But it came down to me, and it's sometimes even today, is would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? You know, sometimes a little, right. Nine and a half times out of 10, (laughs) I'm probably picking happy. Right. And and usually, and that's the way our divorce was. Yes. I mean, there's probably tons of time where, you know, one of us were so, you know, steadfast and being right and be, and that's when all the problems, you know, sort of happen. And there's nothing that somebody wants to hear more that the way you're feeling is somebody else's fault. right? Right. And so that's when that space I was talking about of the desperation happens is it's, oh, it's not your fault that you're feeling that way. It's because you're, your ex did this. So let's file this motion or let's do this. or And so that's, you know, people just need to be aware. And that historical perspective, Ash Nicole, I, you know, I, I've thought about it since our first call. And I think you said something like family court isn't part of our constitution, that it was sort of just formed. I mean, that, that local that,
0: government makes the rules for family court, right. Lo- local, local, government. the
1: chief judge. And so that doesn't even have to be there. And yet it's there Mm -hmm. and yet it is destroying all kinds of lives, you know, both from a happy standpoint, people's finances, people's I mean, it's just it sends shockwaves throughout the family unit, you know, and we were able to
0: somehow, you know, avoid that. And throughout the country and just, you know, all we have all of these millennials now and all the generations after them, they don't want to get married. We're at the lowest marriage rate of all of recorded history. The suicide rates off the charts you know, the school shootings in America are actually derived a lot from child custody battles in single parent homes. And, you know, it's just, it is a pandemic in and of itself. And I think that when people start to really realize that, and a lot of the conflict, you know, people are not able to handle conflict right now. The whole world is in conflict at this moment. And people are just like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And a lot of that is because we've been modeling terrible conflict resolution for four decades now. And so it's like, you know, we really have to start modeling correct conflict resolution. Because like I said, we can't get rid of it altogether. You know, Ben and Nikki, even you guys have conflict now. You're going to continue to have conflict. It's not going to be a perfect road forever. But you have the tools because you taught yourself that, because you found the resources yourself to be able to get through that conflict. And that's, I think, what we're all really trying to teach people is that come to us. Let us be a resource for you. Hear our voices, read our books, download our apps so that we can try to help you we're all in it here because we have a personal reason to be in it. You know, we're not in it because we're trying to make money off the $55 billion industry. If we wanted to do that, or if I wanted to do that, I'd be involved in litigation. We are really trying here to help you all hear that there is a better way, that you can do it, that it starts with you, and that conflict is not something you're going to be able to abolish from your life. So... I think that that kind of wraps it up, guys. I'm so pumped that we were all able to get together. And I'm so just, I just want to applaud you guys for what you have been able to do. I think it's amazing, especially for your son. You know, I really wish my parents would have had a lot of the foresight that you guys had. And unfortunately, they didn't. But I'm able to take this brokenness and make it better for a lot of other people. And Michael, I know that your personal experiences are helping to drive you a lot, too. And we're all in it for the same reasons. We're really all in this together to try to really help everyone see this. And I really hope that, and I know, actually I know, I'm not hoping, I know that we're all going to make a difference. I know that our system is changing and I know that people are changing and they're starting to see a better way. And I really appreciate you guys for putting the time and the work in in our country to be able to try to make it better. So thanks so much for all of
1: that. Well, thank you so much uh, again for everything you do and for sharing your platform with us. So, you know, and the other, I just want to add one thing that we know that the best thing about this is not just all the professionals, but it's also how many people have come up and said, I'm amicable with my ex. The best thing about this project is we found more people that are doing it like us than we ever could have imagined. So yes, it is a unicorn land or whatever, but It's also important that people are starting to get it. Right. People are really starting to understand and be educated about, you know, the outcomes they can do. And that's not because Nikki and I, it's, you know, they figured it out probably along the same lines as we did. But there are a lot more people doing it than we ever could have imagined. And that's good news.
0: And I think that, you know, what warms my heart and soul the most is whenever someone comes up and they say, you know, where were you whenever I got divorced? Or where were you when my parents got divorced? I really wish I would have known and understand this. But now that I do know, I'm going to tell all of my friends, you know, and it's like, you know, people who are even maybe their parents are still together and have been together, but they see that that way is not right. And this is right. And they're starting to tell people, no, 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 there are other options. There are other options. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go down that scorched earth road. And I really think, you know, I've got billboards everywhere. I'm like trying to scream it from the rooftops. And I think that we're really making an impact. So thank you guys so much. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Ben. Thank you you so
3: much.
0: much. I hope you guys have an awesome day. And thanks for coming to Divorce Healthy. We'll be seeing you all in the next session with more experts and insight on how exactly you can achieve divorcing healthy.
3: Thank you for joining us on this episode of Divorce Healthy, your
0: guide to mastering conflict resolution at home and in the workplace. To inquire about speaking engagements, purchase your copy of Ashley Nicole's book, The Cure for Divorce Culture, or to schedule your private orientation meeting, head to www.anrlaw.com. You can also find us on social media at ANR Law. Find a better way forward right here on Divorce Healthy.